Hello, and welcome to the Happy You're Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help us all live more fulfilling lives. In this episode, we have Chris Lee, who does past life regression. It's, it's a really interesting type of therapy, and he goes really into what that actually looks like. Before we get started, I'd like to thank everyone who has joined the show and started listening recently. One of the things that really helps the show and helps these messages reach more people is if you share an episode with someone that you're close to. It means a lot more when it comes from one person to one more person. Obviously, it's great if you share it on your social media, but I really appreciate those um, personal episodes when someone shares an episode with me. So if you would like to help support the show, there's a lot of ways you can do that. That's one of the ways. If you scroll through the feed of episodes that are below, there's lots of great episodes. I feel like it would be pretty easy to find something that resonates with you and in connection specifically to some specific person. So that would be great if you could help us out that way. Also, we just started a Patreon. So if you want to donate to the show, that would be a huge help to help us cover some of the costs that the show incurs to make it happen. But also don't feel any pressure to do that. We appreciate uh, you listening. And this is really all about sharing these ideas with you. So with that, uh, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the Happy You Are Here podcast. In this show, we talk about tools, techniques, and ideas to help us all live more fulfilling lives. In this episode, we have some really interesting ideas and techniques to talk about with Chris Lee, who is a certified clinical hypnotherapist specializing in past life regression and progression therapy. So thank you, Chris, for joining us. Why don't you um, give like a little bit of an overview of, of who you are and what kind of modality you use for your, uh, your work? I'm glad to. Thank you, Greg, for having me on your show. Uh, first of all, just a real quick thing. I like to point out to people that I am not a reader. Mm -hmm. I get people that say, walk up and say, well, what was all in a past life? And I'll go, I have no idea. You might have had a thousand anyway, so how would I know? I am a clinical hypnotherapist. You do the work. But when <laughs> I took my training, when I took my training 25 years ago, it, like most hypnotherapy schools, it, past life was not included. Right. At that time, I wasn't sure about past lives, but I had a feeling there's something more to life than than just you know like buying your way into heaven like my parents thought they were doing. So I took the course, but during the program, which again had no past life uh, in the agenda, one of the students had asked the teacher about past life, and we had 24 people in our class. In fact, we were all teamed up. I was actually teamed up with a medical doctor because he was tired of giving people pills for their placebo effect. And so he said, anybody here interested in a, 20, a past life um, demonstration? So 24 hands went up. He <laughs> said, who wants to volunteer? 24 hands came down. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Nothing to do with fear. It's just that uh, you know we wanted to sort of watch it. Right, because yeah. A lot of the thinking to do with TV is that you're going to disappear and stuff like that, which I'll explain in a moment. Anyhow, we've all we bantered back and forth. You know, you go, you go, you go. Finally, you go went up. That was a joke. I give out uh, in my talks. I give out uh, virtual cookies for those who get the jokes <laughs> or answer the questions right. Virtual cookies. You laugh at the right moment. Uh, diet, diet, diet. So anyhow, he regressed the girl, and I was there with my notes because I'm very open-minded. And he slowed her down, and she started relating being a, about a 10-year-old in the States in the 1930s, playing on a train track. And I'm sure a lot of kids, we've done that. But along came a train, and they had electric switches even back then, and the switch caught the boy's foot, and unfortunately, the boy got killed. A lot of people in my talk started going, ooh, and I said, it's okay, he came back. <laughs> so I went, hmm, and then he regressed her to a female, because we have been both in past lives. Is about, uh, she was about 42 in 1942 in London. And as you're well aware, in 1942, it was World War II was uh, a bouncing around and it was a bombing raid so I went wow and the big thing that got me interested in past life part of this is that the next day she came into class and she said you know guys I always wondered why I had a fear of thunder 
and disliked trains. So, but the bigger thing that really got me was she added, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Now, she wasn't really old. She was in her 30s, but uh, it had been bothering her all her life. So that's when I went, wow. So I took my, uh, but I finished the course, and then I went into uh, start my practice. And it's always find this amusing when people say they start their practice. Shouldn't they have been practicing already? <laughs> <laughs> I want the people that have graduated, like, you know. So anyhow. Now, what happened was is that I found that being using clinical hypnotherapy, which is generally the stereotyping is like uh, smoking, weight, and mm -hmm. um, confidence. And I found that using the hypnotherapy I'd trained to do was only about 20, 25% effective. In fact, one lady, like, for example, came in one day and she said, I want you to make my husband quit smoking. And I said to her, how much duct tape do you have? <laughs> because you cannot make, people think hypnosis controls, what a load of bull crap. Anyhow, yeah, someone doesn't want to do I something. Started, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not, but that's the theory they think, they see too much TV. What I did was then, I started reading books on on uh, authors that have done a lot of this, like uh, Dick Sutphin, uh, he's actually the one that, that discovered and made famous Sedona, Arizona. There's Michael Newton, Life Between Lives, uh, Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters. So I started reading them and then practicing with, uh, with some volunteers and doing this. I found that the effectiveness went from 20, 25 to 95, which is a big gap. Just a little bit. Now, I always say to the crowd, there is a, d a downside to being 95% effective. And people use, what would you say was the downside? Well, I already saw your talks. <laughs> That's <laughs> not yeah, fair. Right. They stopped coming back. <laughs> Okay. No, the the point was again how people say five percent. No, the downside yeah, is right. is that you don't get a lot of repeat clients. Yes. Because my system's a one of. You don't come and see me every month for the next two years and me asking you, you know, like why why did you hate your parents or whatever. When I have found from doing this with ninety or with uh, sorry, thousands of clients that the concerns that we get, 98% of them are generally past life. The biggest thing I do like to point out to people, and I do this at my talk, is you do not have to believe in past lives. Over half the world does, but it's certainly not in North America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do ask people if you do have an open mind, and that's all I need, because that's all it takes. I do ask people if you don't believe it, and I did have one show up, but she said she had to give her daughter a ride, so she thought she'd hang around. So it was good. So she, think, she actually you know, asked a lot of questions and came in. Even from a perspective, if if I, I know people that you know maybe don't believe in that or um, struggle to, I would say you know maybe don't believe one way or the other. It's still at the very minimum a useful tool of the subconscious to dislodge yeah. things that are just so far in there that even telling stories about your childhood or whatever are never going to get to. Yeah, because it's nothing to do with yeah. the uh, like I do is push it this way is that if you're not sure and you think it's your imagination, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Because when your ache or pain or fear or phobia disappears and you weren't sure, who cares? Yeah. It's a modality. Mind you, you do get people and unfortunately it's more males that are more skeptical because we got that sort of you know, must see type of thing. Yet I work with five male medical doctors and two female and you think they might be skeptical but they know about things like the power of the mind like the, the placebo effect taking a sugar pill if the power of the mind you think it's going to work good chances it will so in the session now i funny thing is that i do get people that when they're finished and if they're in a session it's generally one and a half to two hours i can cover two to seven different items mm -hmm. so it's not like come back for the next three years but I do get people occasionally have lists this long. I had a lady in Australia had typed out 32 items. <laughs> Took a while. We got through a lot of stuff cover, overlaps. If somebody's depressed and not happy, obviously, quite often it's the same past life. Now, what happened is, is that I do ask people if they've ever been hypnotized. One of the first things I do, have, I do in my talk is to dispel hypnosis. Because so many people out there think that hypnosis is loss of control. Uh, you can bark like a dog, like these silly, funny uh, hypnosis shows, which I'll explain how they work right. in a moment. 
And it's, and of course, we don't like to lose control. People think I can walk up to them and make them do something they don't want to do. Well, I was a cop for eight years. If I heard somebody could do that to people, I would be putting that guy in jail because, uh, you know, big headlines, six more banks robbed by hypnotists. <laughs> well, he, he forced me to give me the money with his mind. You know, get a life. And besides, I can teach you how to do hypnosis in about 20 minutes. So therefore, you could we could have a battle. You, know, so <laughs> you, don't lose, you don't lose control. But one of the biggest things I do ask people is that, as I remind people, we're in hypnosis five to 20 times per day. And people go, huh? I've never been hit. I said, really? I said, do you remember high school? Hands go up. Did you remember having a boring subject and you daydreamed? Hands go up again. Mm -hmm. Daydreaming is hypnosis. All it is is hypnosis is deep relaxation. When you're deeply relaxed, you can get to your subconscious memories better. You can picture a beach better that you've been to and stuff. But you do not disappear or lose control because the teacher might come along. So, yes, you're always aware. Right. Another good example of hypnosis, uh, Craig, is that have you ever read a book, Craig, or watched TV so intently you don't see people, you don't hear people talking to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's hypnosis. Single focus, concentrate. That's how we memorize things back in the old days when we had to. Block everything out and just concentrate, single focus. And for those that still aren't sure about being hypnotized, I always say, show of hands, how many people slept in the last 24 hours? <laughs> of course, <laughs> because sleep is hypnosis. How much more relaxed can you get? But the bottom line is nobody forced you to daydream and nobody forced you to ignore people while you're watching TV. Nobody forced you to go to sleep. It's all self-hypnosis, 100%. I cannot hypnotize you. Nobody can hypnotize you. I just help you. When, in fact, at the beginning of my session, when we get started, I, I simply say to you, may I work with you today? And you say yes or no. Mm -hmm. If you say no, there is nothing I can do. I can't make you. I can't make you quit smoking with duct tape. <laughs> but you see, TV, and I know it's going to be hard to believe, TV movies are not always accurate. No. It's called stereotyping. You ever see that stupid thing about the swinging watch? Yeah, that's not true. It's impossible. How can you see a swinging watch when your eyes are closed is way beyond me because you close your eyes, you start to slow down mm. and hard to see. But it's just that in TV or oh, they must be doing hypnosis. They can swinging a watch as opposed to they're just talking, stereotyping. So once I've explained that now, the biggest fear people have about hypnosis is because a lot of people have seen a hypnotist show. And that's why the difference. Hypnotists, we generally rely or call them performers. Hypnotherapist, different thing. Therapy using hypnosis, slow, slowing you down. The thing is that people up on stage, have you ever seen a production, uh, Craig? Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you ever been on the stage? I have not, no. <laughs> okay. I know it's a lot of people say, oh, I'm not going up there. It's simple thing. See... About 10% of the world are what's called psycho, are called synomalist, synomalistic. Took me a year to pronounce that. <laughs> it means they're the type of people that they don't care. <laughs> they're already having fun. You can't, you can never embarrass them. They're just having fun. They're like sometimes it's hard to shut them up. But anyhow, that's <laughs> what they look for. So when yeah. a, a production is at, uh, going on, they will call people up from the stage or from the audience. Generally, they use a little test where they make your hands lock. If your hands do lock, it means that you're close to it. But either way, they'd have them come up and you say, oh, by touching it, I can release it. So if your hands ain't going to lock, you're not going up there. But when you get up there, he said, do you want to stay on, stay, stay on, have some fun? Even some of them say no. But when they do, they're the people he likes because right. they're already crazy. They're acting silly. But also, when you're in deeper relaxation, like with the hypnosis, you're actually acting the age of seven or eight or younger. Now, it's easy, Craig, to picture, you know, acting silly at the age of seven or eight or younger. But if you want to use logic, which I do, if you've ever watched a production closely, they'll send people off during the evening, like not all at once, but here and here, and right. try to do it subtly. And almost everybody I've met has noticed that. Here's the logic. He gives the impression that you're under his control. They're not. In fact, if they were, he wouldn't have to send you off, would he? But he does. It's because kids get bored. 
Mm. You know, they mm-hmm. no longer feel like, you know, acting silly. So it doesn't look good for his show. Wordology is a big thing, just a little side thing. The word under, I get people say, am I going to be able to go under? And I say, what, under the chair, under the table? <laughs> because under implies you're under somebody's control. Right. You don't go under daydreaming. It's all into. So any questions so far? No, yeah, I think that, you know, those are really interesting, you know, I'm a little familiar with hypnotherapy. I think those are really great things that a lot of people have this misunderstanding, like the entertainment type of hypnosis, which is is using a lot of the same um, tendencies that people have, the ability to get into that kind of focused state, more suggestible state, whatever, uh, you know, and I like that the way that you explain that. And it's totally, you know, like you said, it's logical, you know, it's. Yeah. You see that happen on stage and if I've looked at it before I knew anything about hypnotherapy and thought, why is he sending off people? And like, yeah. oh, okay, it's probably whoever is most suggestible or most like basically just giving in completely and having fun, right? That's what it is. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily. I think no. when you conflate... It's a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. I go, it's to, fun. I go to these and I watch them because they know what he's doing. In fact, I have a friend that... <laughs> good friend that's doing that uh, I think I put it made him a bit nervous but anyway well uh, basically what it's all about is that when I did my training as I said in uh, and uh, opened my practice and added past life I found it didn't take me long to you know it was a small town I was in to take care of everybody <laughs> okay right so I went over to England for a while and then while I was in England uh, staying at my brother's pub is I did do a few uh, workshops. Now, I don't do workshops because what happens is in a workshop, you're doing some slowing people down and, you know, go to a nice past life. People still have a fear. They're not going to come to the workshop. <laughs> they, right. they don't know about it. So I found it a lot easier. So I've done this in about six countries, about 225 times. I do a two-hour talk and generally set up a tour and get them all lined up. And I do have some I've been to more than once. But the ones I haven't been to before, when I get there, nobody's booked a session. I always do one-on-ones for a few days after, and nobody. I have found, I keep a lot of stats, that after a talk, pardon me, about 84% of the people book a session. Mm. That's pretty high. It's because yeah. they realize there's no loss of control, and my system eliminates, doesn't cure, there's no such thing, eliminates persistent aches pains fears phobias debilitating emotions just using your subconscious now how many people do you know don't have any of those nobody everybody has yeah, yeah almost everybody so whether you do finish off a client and you finish with them there's still enough around plus the word of mouth right and they'll send in the next three relatives and there's so many things see a lot of people think like a fears and phobias oh um my 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 brother scared me in the dark, so now that's where I got my fear of fear of the dark wrong. And or I know where the pain came from. It's not past life. It was a car accident. And the last one, I said, how long have you had uh, this pain? And he said, about 10 years. And I said, interesting, because your body can heal generally with like a broken bone can heal itself in about seven weeks. If the pain's still there, you've triggered Now, the mm. whole thing is, and again, you can think you made it up, but... The whole thing is it's to do with lessons. Now, even people that aren't sure about past lives do get a feeling you're here to learn something. Now, what happens is that we have a soul group. I don't get heavy into a lot of what I do. And if somebody asks me some really deep questions, I'd usually say, I don't know, but I know how to do break in pain. Would you like that? Yes. Because I don't, they're the banter. I'm there to help people get out, get going. So what happens is, is that the the persistent aches and pains. Now, what we do with lessons is that we come into the human form. Apparently, we've figured out with our soul group. And in the session, I can help you find, see your soul group and see how many is in there. Is that you've decided, and life isn't a chick flick. So somebody has to be a good guy. Somebody's being a bad guy and that type of summer, just a little extra, you know, will that be fries with that, sir, or what? So we come into the human form. But apparently... We And the reason why we come into the human form, like we are energy, is because energy does not feel aches and pains and, and uh, emotions. And we're supposed to learn 
to do this to uh, to uh, mature our group. And if people ask me why, I go, I don't know, but that's how it works. So in other words, they stop getting too deep. What happened then is that when you come in, we totally forget what we're supposed to do. The reason for that is because how would you learn if you had the script in your hand? Today, you're going to do this, this, and this. Oh, yeah. So when right. people ask me, can you find out or show me what I'm so my life lesson is? No, it won't come up. But it does come up in your past lives that you haven't finished that we can find out what the lesson is. But what happened, though, is that I, people do ask. I just say, use your gut feeling or just the intuition. And away you go. We have a problem, though. When we don't finish the life lesson, Craig, it doesn't go away. And the reason we don't finish it is usually one of two things. One, you got killed too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or two, you screwed up. Like you're supposed to be Mother Teresa and you became Jack the Ripper. I think you kind of screwed up. So what happens is every lesson in life we come into, apparently we have a new lesson to learn, but we drag along the other one. Remember the lady with the 32 items? They get in the way. Now, again, I can't help you find what you want to do mm-hmm. or your lesson. But let's, for example, say that you have the biggest fear of heights, which I'm going to give you a clue is the number one fear. And your life lesson was supposed to save some people living in a mountain village. They're going to be toast because you ain't going. Yeah. <laughs> so if I can get rid of the fear of heights, which I can and will, then you can, it doesn't get in the way. So they don't mind that I get rid of the junk that prevents you from doing a lesson. They just don't let me tell you what it is. So now the biggest culprit in this whole thing is we have body cell memory. The AMA, American Medical Association, has proven a few years ago is that people with organ transplants, Craig, are picking up the traits of the person that had that organ. Mm. One guy hated pizza, loves pizza. Um, I always say maybe you get find, look for somebody, maybe it's a, a musician or something. And But that's what happens. The only thing nice that people hold in their body cell memory is music. People, uh, Everybody I've met has at least once or twice said, oh, I remember that song. And it's always a nice feeling because your body cells have locked onto it. And you can use that as a trigger. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. So, now, what happened is, is that when people go and come to my talk or I send them a video is what I need them to do first before I can do a session. It's not like I couldn't, but just that I'll waste most of your session explaining what I do, how I do it, and what it's about. If you come see the talk, you come to the session. Remember, it's all deep relaxation. You're not relaxed if you're saying, what's he doing that for? How come he's saying this? What's he doing next? <laughs> And that's right. a waste of your time. Yeah. So if you go to a two-hour session, I'll be spending an hour explaining. So that's why I like people to either be come to my talk or watch my video of a talk. And wait, then make a list of the stuff you like to do, that type of thing. The body cell memory, though, is because it's to do with whatever ache or pain you had or fear that finished that life or, or ended it and not finished. Like, for example, if you can't wear... Uh, but 40% of the world cannot put stuff around their neck or something tight like a turtleneck or, or touch the people to have their neck touched. And I actually gave a little title, which I take care of. I call it the turtleneck syndrome. <laughs> okay. But you've, you've, been, you've either been hung, strangled, or beheaded. That's what it's about. And sure enough, if you're getting hung because you were not, they didn't like you or you were a witch or, or spoke <laughs> up against the king, Right. It means you really didn't finish your lesson. So when you come into this life, that comes along with it. And also things like speaking out. That's another reason you get hung. So people often get adenoid problems or they can't talk loud or or that type of thing. Speaking out. There's, there is so many things. In the fear and phobia section, uh, now that's book number two that I've written. These are case histories. This was my first one. Life in the past lane, a little play on life in the fast lane. Yeah. Case histories, and I thought that's all I needed. And then I realized when you got over 20,000 case histories, so I made them more specific. This is fears and phobias, life in the past lane, aches and pains. And the latest one, I do have two more I'm working on, is crimes against humanity. This one is a little bit more, uh, it's also red for a reason. Hmm. It uh, covers 
over here. Um, serial killers, Jack the Ripper, World War II atrocities, torture, dungeons, witches, and sexual assaults. So you can see why it's red. It's not there for the gore. Yes, we weren't nice back in the old days. It's just that what you learn or what you picked up traits from them. And a lot of people read them that go, wow, I didn't know that could be taken care of. I got that situation because it's hard to give them a big list of the hundreds of things you can take care of. Fears and phobias, I've actually eliminated 141 different types of fears and phobias. You know, a lot of them are ones of. Here's a test for you and people listening. What do you think are the four most common fears and phobias? Mm. Um, heights. Uh -huh. You remembered. Public speaking. Nope. Um, it's in there. But not the four. The dark. I don't know. <laughs> Number two is okay. Most people don't get it. Number two is claustrophobia. Mm. We often got buried alive. Number three is actually fear of success. Now, that sounds a little bit odd, like not like a fear, but it is. Because if you've been killed in a past life for being rich and you haven't finished the lesson, your subconscious is running that uh, life not finished to say, let's not get too wealthy or rich or successful. We got killed. That's so very interesting. A lot interesting. of people sabotage themselves. The number four is actually deep water. Mm. A lot of people that have a fear of deep water, often swimming pools are fine. They can see the bottom. It's the ones they can't see the bottom, you know, shark, shark, <laughs> those things. But they're easy to take care of. But there, there's, there's lots of different things. Aches and pains. There's, like, when I first started, uh, well, actually, even now, when people come in and they have a condition, an ache or pain or, or something, usually they've had it so long, they've had time to practice and pronounce the 30-letter word. And I just go with a blank look. Huh? <laughs> What's that in English? Is it a pain? Where's the pain? Thank you. I don't even care whether it's your back, is C2, C3. I don't care. Your subconscious doesn't care. It just want, I just need to know whether it's upper, lower, middle, back. That's all it is. Mm. Because when I work with a client, I just when we go to each life that you want on your list, and it's within that time frame I can cover, I just start off with let your subconscious now take you back to the past life. And if you're not sure about past lives, I'll just say cause of the, so the pain in your right shoulder that you've had for 12 years or something. I don't have to explain that. I'll just say the pain in your shoulder. I don't even get specific because that could be leading. Mm -hmm. Within seconds, your client sitting there quietly, and it's also sitting, let me say, explain. There's no laying down like this stupid stereotyping. Oh, where do I lay down? Why are you going to pay me to sleep? Because <laughs> your subconscious works on repetition. What do you do when you lay down? Sleep. You're going to sleep. Yeah. I can't talk to you. The reason why they think you have to lay down is because they, people again think they're going to lose control and might fall off their chair. Hello. When you're daydreaming at school, you don't fall off your chair. So anyhow, people sit in a chair, eyes are closed so you're not distracted. Most people are visual, Craig. Uh, I do a little test to remember the lemons on my talk. Yeah. Close your eyes and see a lemon. Yeah. Now, I don't care about the visual or, or uh, the tasting uh, when I do the session. I just want to know whether you see the lemon or not. Most people are visual and a few aren't. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just that if you weren't visual, then when I do my questioning during the session, because I don't see any of this stuff, I have to ask you questions. I'll simply say for people that aren't visual, what are you sensing? Mm, Hard mm -hmm. to say to them, what are you seeing? Because they'll say, I don't see anything. And that stops the procedure. Right. But when people see where it comes from, that's how it works. Now, one thing I'd like to point out is that, is that sorry. Oh, I was going to say, so is that like, you know, so you can identify where it came from. Is just identifying where that came from. Is that enough to yep. eliminate? That's... I'll give you an, exa I'll give okay. you an example. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to do another one first. When people say that they think it's their imagination, I do a profound statement. I look at the whole group and I'll say, there's no such thing as imagination. And then the reactions are kind of interesting. And I'll say, I'll give you an example. Then I'll say to them, close your eyes, which is the lemon. Close your eyes, and they all close their eyes. Then I'll say, in your mind's eye, see or sense or visualize. And people watching, try this. Close your eyes, take a big deep breath. And in your mind's eye, picture a lemon, a big, bright, yellow, sour, juicy lemon. 
now see yourself cutting it up that sour juicy yellow lemon and just have a bite of that lemon feel that texture in your mouth that sour taste and swallow it and have another piece there's still lots have one more piece by this point, half the crowd are doing are making faces at me. They're going <laughs> like that. Some are just polite. So mm -hmm. they say, "Open your eyes." Now I said, "How many people here tasted or had their mouth water?" I don't care about the seeing part, just reaction. And usually, there's almost majority. There's a, there was one time there was a lady that um, said, "Oh, it doesn't work for me. I couldn't." Not, didn't happen. I said, what's your favorite dessert? And she thought for a moment, she said, pumpkin pie. So I said, close your eyes. And we all stared at her. I said, picture somebody serving you a piece of warm pumpkin pie with whipped cream all over it. This lady had come in with a, another lady, and that lady was passing her tissue because she was starting to do this. <laughs> the pumpkin pie. So I said, I can find some food to make your mouth water. The bottom line is, your body reacted. That's why it's watering. Mm -hmm. But the point is, there's no lemon in your mouth. What's it reacting to? And I usually give cookies out for this one. And a lot of people get it. A memory. You've had one. Yeah. I guarantee 100%, Craig, if you've never in your life tasted a lemon, you cannot make your mouth water. You can't imagine what the taste will be like. It just, your body just, your subconscious says, sorry, don't know. It can only react to a memory. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can think of limes or something, but then hello, it's a different memory. So the point I'm making is if you imagine a lemon in your mouth, it won't, and you've never had one, you can't make your mouth water. So therefore, in a sense, there's no such thing as imagination. You're just pulling up memories, but it could be from past lives. Yeah, that's an now, interesting concept. Now, one thing is, is that... Um, Again, you don't have to believe in it. One of my first uh, funny ones uh, did a guy came in. He said, "I got a fear of heights to my office, and uh, I heard that you help people eliminate fears and phobias." I said, "Sure, sit down." But he said, "I don't believe in past lives." I said, "Have a seat. Just pretend. Use your imagination. I don't care. Just I'll ask you questions. You tell me what's in your mind." So slowed him down. And what happened was, is that I said, "Let your mind show you." And you let your subconscious show you, I'm sorry, why you have this fear of heights. Within moments, he's going, his eyes are closed, he's going, wow, it's a bright sunny day. It looks like Arizona, like sort of like the, the you know, the flat little mountains or something. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, very good. And so then what else do you see? He says, there's a native Indian standing up on the ledge over there. Wow, do I have imagination? I said, okay, just keep telling me. Then he said, another one snuck up behind him and pushed him off. That's not nice. I said, probably not. <laughs> okay. What caught me that I knew that he was already losing the fear is because anybody with a strong fear of phobia, they don't like talking about it. If the fear heights is the worst one, if you see a height or something, talk about it, they'll start getting butterflies and, and uh, or people fear spiders. You mentioned that. And yeah. You see them. They're reacting. Remember? Memory. Now, what happened was is that he couldn't talk. He says, I don't know why. I've never been on a mountain. I can't even see the picture without getting butterflies. But when he said the guy got pushed off, he was he did this. He had eyes closed. We started following the guy falling off the cliff. So I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm, I'm talking about it. It's not bothering me. Really? And what and uh we had a couple other things. At the end, I have a little chit-chat, and I said, how, how long have you had a fear of heights? And she, he said, all my life. And I asked a question, I knew the answer to it. I said, I bet it's affected the quality of your life. And he said, yes. He mm. could not go skiing with his kids, and he could never take his kids to Disneyland. When I, he gave me, I, he heard from him a couple years later, and he said, I can ski faster than my kids now. <laughs> the, the feeling I get from the way people get the reaction and it clears up in just seconds is so nice. There's no coming back and see me continually. Yeah. It is gone. I said, now, do you believe in past lives or is the imagination? He says, I'm not sure. And I said, who cares? Right. If it yeah. works, that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly it's a powerful modality. Um, now for... it's a, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, like one thing about a reader. Okay. Let's say, okay, here's another word pictures. We'll explain what you had mentioned more earlier. 
is that just seeing it. So here, just pretend you're living alone. It's a dark, spooky, windy night. The wind's howling. Usually some of the audience howls, so I give them a cookie. And in the middle of the night, there's a crash, and you jump up and go, what the hmm is that? I'm being polite there. Mixed audience. <laughs> and you hear it again. You realize, Craig, it's just the, a wind, the wind blowing a branch against the window. Unless you... Unless it's going to break, we'd procrastinate and go back to sleep. I would, anyways. Later that night, there's another crash, and you jump up and go, What the is that? And you hear it again, you realize, I don't know what that is. So, we have uh, what usually happens is we don't really want to check it out. What we do is we revert to childhood and pull up our bulletproof covers <laughs> and try and get some protection and some sleep, which doesn't work because the noise is there. Yeah. In the morning, you're going off to work. Wind still howling away, and you hear that noise again. And you look, and it's to your left. You look over to your left, and you see it's a garbage can, empty garbage can. The wind is blowing it over. Neighbor never had. It's just new for him. That's why I didn't recognize it. He always had bags. Bags didn't make money. Didn't make noise. Sorry. Now, when you see that, Craig, you're going to make a profound statement and some adjectives about the stupid neighbor. It's a garbage can. The next night you're in bed, another dark, spooky, windy night, winds howling, garbage can blows over, 50-50, you don't wake up. Mm. But if you do, you're going to make your profound statement again, which is? It's, it's a just a garbage statement. can. <laughs> yeah, it's, a Sorry. Yeah. it's just a garbage can. Yeah. A little chest. I'll give you half a cookie for that. Okay. It's just a garbage can and that stupid, stupid <laughs> neighbor. Now, there's a point here, Craig. The noise is the same both nights. Yeah. Why doesn't it bother you on the second night? Because you understand it? Yeah. You know what it is. Simple answer. Right. Unless you feel the garbage cans are coming to kill you, you would let it go. Now, if I was the reader and you had come to me and said there's something scary at night and I hadn't seen the garbage can, I might say, Craig, it's a garbage can. Now, I don't know about you, but the next time I hear that, I'd go, does he really know? He, he doesn't know where I live, but I'm going to peek out the window. <gasps> it is a garbage can. We are an animal like to see, to believe. When you see it, that bother, it doesn't bother you anymore. That's how this whole system works. When I have your subconscious, you do the work, take you to the correct past life and the correct point in that life, which it always will because it's being affected by it, and you see it, you let it go. The point is you still have to finish the lesson. Mm-hmm. Can't fit, can't get away with that. But you don't have to bring in the aches and pains, which could be in your way. And that is why it just doesn't go away. Because if you don't know what it is, that garbage can could keep bothering you, that noise, until you see what it is. Yeah. That's interesting. So, That's, yeah. you know, I, I've, so I listened to part of your talk, probably about three quarters of it and did not finish it. Cause I was like, I need to know, I need some surprise from this conversation with you. <laughs> uh, otherwise I'm just going to be like, Oh, it's just, you know, listening to it again. Good, good answer. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so this has been really fascinating. This is, um, you know, I've had some understanding of past life regression, but there's a lot that, you know, you've just covered that goes beyond what I've ever heard before. And, uh, I think for a lot of people, like you said, over 50% of the world believes in past lives. So it's, it's yeah, not even like that big of a stretch for most people well, yeah. to understand how that could be a mode of healing. I, it's really fascinating to think of your whole thing about imagination is really just memory. That's, uh, you know, I wrote that down because I'm like, I have to think about that a little bit more. That's uh, a really interesting thought that has never yeah. been presented before. Um, so you also train people to practice um, this yeah. this this uh, method, correct? Yeah, yeah. When people, I have people say to me, "Do you know anybody that teaches this?" So I, I can learn it, and I'll say, "No," because I'm the only one that does this. <laughs> A lot of people are just hypnotherapists that don't do past life, or they'll say, "You were a gypsy in a past life." That's a reader. Does that help you? Does, do, you dance, do you dance any better? <laughs> okay. No, I help you see where it is. You see, what it is is that uh, for about the last seven years, 
Uh, a couple of times a year, I would hold a live class. Now, as opposed to, it sounds stupid, as opposed to a dead class. <laughs> but a, a classroom where people right. would come in. And I'd pick a few cities. Uh, I did actually one in Mexico, a couple in Canada, and I, England I had one too. Now, what happened is that it would be like people would come. Now, a lot of people can't afford to take time off. Or, you know, the flights and, and hotels, it gets expensive, even though within six months, you probably regain all of your costs because that's how quick you can start doing this. But uh, two things have popped up. One is that situation where we can't see people in, in live. Mm -hmm. So what I have adapted last year, but that was before that happened, but I started getting uh, this, I got a brain fart and said, Let's do an online program. So I went to um, my my videographer and did a couple of videos to give my, cl my class, but it's not taught that way. That's just for them for, for reviewing. What it is is that it's one-on-one. -on -one. I prefer using Skype, which people I'm sure still heard of, mm -hmm. and, and the quality is very good. It doesn't drop anymore. And I use Skype, and it's one-on-one. -on -one. I still get people say, how often, how big are the class? It's one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> In fact, when I do my live classrooms, there was only two to five. I don't do big, massive classes. And I'd bring in uh, guests or, or uh, subjects for them to practice on. But with one-on-one, -on -one, what it is is you can do this in your spare time. Don't have to work around your schedule. And I'm fairly flexible. Uh, also, how could you have a class when I'm in about seven different time zones? <laughs> right. You know, no, it's one in one. And I watch you uh, work on some clients and then you go do some practice on your own, and then come back another time. Then I watch and then I'll do one of your clients for you, uh, work on them. And uh, so basically, in fact, if you do it fairly properly, you could probably finish my program and be ready to go within a couple months. Now, you're always learning, so I can't teach you all the things that you're going to see because I've got a book full of <laughs> stuff, <laughs> right. but you do get the principle and the method, so when it pops up, you know how to go. Like, I, I just love the look on people's faces when they move apart. Like, uh, example, lady last year, she had a car accident in her left shoulder, and I said, how long was that? She said, oh, about a year and a half. Or the year, a year and a half earlier. I saw. So I said, "How is it going?" And she said, "Well, I've been doing seven months of physiotherapy." I says, "How much can you move?" And she, she sort of really painful, got up to about there. So I said, "Let's just find out." Sure enough, the past life turned out it was that she got a spear, and I never say, "Is it in the right shoulder?" I say, "Or left shoulder?" I say, "Which shoulder is it?" You know, so you're not leading. Mm -hmm. And the the point by it being the correct or the pain is, is like 100%. And then I said, now move your shoulder around. This is still in the session. And she was doing this, almost touching the ceiling. Seven months of physiotherapy show you where it comes from. The muscles let go. That muscle memory, body cell memory, it's very good. It'll actually tighten it up to hurt. And if, in fact, if it isn't hurting enough, it will actually put bones out of joint. I've had people move their back and hear, did you hear that crack this guy said? He had lower back concern, which a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, yeah, I heard that. We finished the program or the session, sorry, and he stood up and he said, I haven't stood this tall in 12 years. Wow. Because he got rid of it. The body cells uh, or memory had held it out of joint to hurt the same as it happens all the time. People with hip transplants and knee transplant, God, if I had seen them a year earlier, they wouldn't need these things. Mm -hmm. But they do the best they can. So what I do now is one-on-one. -on -one. So I would like people to to email me. I, can you, you can put my email up on the screen somewhere. Or... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll okay. put it down. Any, if you're listening, it'll be down in the show notes below. Anything that any okay. uh, link that Chris talks about, I'll, I'll put down there. And if any of you are blind, what I'll do, it's CL, <laughs> which stands for Chris Lee, CL at pastliferap.com. Rap is actually not like, hey, we're rapping. It's short for regression and progression. <laughs> it's a lot easier to spell. So Someone out there needs to start past life rapping. 
<laughs> well, maybe you were a, la- a rapper, but I don't think they went back that far. <laughs> but send me an email and I will send you information on it and check. And I often like to talk to the person that's interested because I have to sort of hear them first here and make sure they don't have a like a high-pitched, screamy voice uh, because it's hard to have people relax. Uh, that but to have a chat and you don't have to have special qualifications you don't have to have been medical you don't have to have degrees you just have to have a desire to help people Mm -hmm. and speak now give me a shout on it and then i'll explain how it works thank you i also my books are available too and i actually have a special on them they are normally store selling for 20 bucks each. But if you mention Craig's name, then you saw it and email the same email. I have a deal. One book is 10. If you get two, that's 15. If you get three, that makes 20. If you get all four, that's 25. So that's a good deal. Yeah. And if you do t- all 25 or four, I include that uh, CD relaxation plus with it. You do have to pay the postage. I'm not. I don't have a red beard, a white beard, and red outfit. <laughs> but it's still good to read too. So that is my stuff. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Um, and like I said, I'll, I'll put that stuff down below. Um, best way to, to to go about contacting Chris is uh, through that email. Um, I'm also yeah. going to link your uh, the the video of your set uh, your seminar or your talk. That way, if yeah. someone wants to really oh, okay. kind of see the yeah. extended version of what we talked about here. Uh, maybe you know it's a, you had a videographer yeah. or something filming it, so it's a nice quality. Um, so YouTube, it's a YouTube uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm into I'm into that now. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, is there anything uh, just like a last well, what, comment that what, you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, there's so many there's so many things that past life can cover. I generally that's why I did Jenny do a talk. What I do is I work with what's called cause and effect. Have you ever had stress, Craig? Yeah. You ever get a stress headache? Yes. A lot of people do. A lot of people then take a painkiller. Does that get rid of the stress or just the pain? Temporarily gets rid of the pain. That's right. Masks. My it. system goes for takes care of the cause. By seeing where it came from, the cause, it disappears. But just to give you a few things, fibromyalgia is the only big word I bother to learn. And in fact, two of my medical doctors laughed when they mentioned that. They said, when they can't figure out or prove where your pain came from, they call it fibromyalgia so you'll feel better. Mm. They don't fix it. I do. Migraines are past life. Lower back arthritis. One more quick one. Arthritis, like people will show me their neck figures out of joint a bit and the knuckles swollen. That's only because it's physically, if it's out of joint, your body cells are going to put calcium in there, stuff like that. What it is, is that a lady came in one day, said she's had for six years, she could hardly move her hands. I said, let's check it out, making it short here for you. Dungeons are the biggest cause of problems <laughs> that mm. we're in in past lives. She saw herself as a female getting her hands smashed with a hammer. So when she saw that, then I said, now, move your fingers. Eyes are closed. Now, you remember Rice Krispies? They used to have a snap, crackle, and pop commercial or not, or that was their theme. She started moving her hands, and it was like crackle, snapple, pop for about 15, 20 seconds. She was sort of back a bit, and then slow it stopped, and she had full movement in her hands. Six years. Now, there'll be a little bit of residue where where maybe the swelling from being out of joint is will clear up but that only takes a couple of days right cracking knuckles was usually because you had your hands smashed in past lives there's lots of stuff birthmarks also to mention people they're they're actually you may as well call them death marks because that's where you've been stabbed shot or what have you i have a list here just to cover it hearing sleep libido lots of things all come from past life one last one hearing some people think they don't have any problems then they have hearing aids <laughs> okay this is a real have it t- have time for one more yeah yeah okay this lady when i was when i work with people in my office i do put a headset on them have some boring music that gets siphoned in i don't hear it and then i do talk to them through a microphone even though they're right there it's just that this way they're not distracted yeah so I, this lady she was 35 ish last 
about two years ago, when I was getting ready to put it on, I said, now I just want to do sound check on the music because everybody's got different levels. She said, what music? So I looked and I sat and I turned it up. Nothing. Turned it up louder than anybody would. She said, it's very nice. So I said, how long have you had this concern? She says, oh, it's been a while, 20 years. And about since she was about 15. So in a nutshell, what it is, the past life, she was a, a daughter of a farming couple. And it was kind of a dilapidated place and a rat had gotten in. So dad was getting his rifle up. Mom was screaming to shoot the rifle or the the rat. So she was nosy, which she said she's very nosy in this life. We do bring in our qualities. She ran around to see what's happening and the rifle went off and deafened her. Mm. Now, what really gets me, and I still get goosebumps telling this story, this incident. Within a moment, she said, could you turn the music down? Wow. That's how fast this can work because all it is is the muscles were holding the ears so they didn't work well. They let go. It's amazing. It happens all the time. People moving their arms, trying to touch the ceilings, getting up, standing up without bones cracking. There's tons of stuff. Yeah. So chewing fingernails is actually dungeons. They didn't feed you well. Can you believe that? Well, that, people that there people. you go. That's <laughs> I chew my fingernails really bad. <laughs> it's from being in dungeons because they didn't feed you and they would try and eat their nails. There's an easy one. The envision there's there's lots of stuff. So I do generally take a longer time. But if people want to can watch or get the link to my video, you'll hear a bit more and I'll yeah. more stuff. But please get hold of me, either for the special, okay, or the training, because it's not difficult to do, as long as you like helping people that are in constant pain, which most people do, and it goes away like that. There's no ongoing, there's no medicine, no operations needed, no hands-on. Hands-on healing can be good, but it's still the aspirin. Mm -hmm. It's not the cause so that's how it works get a hold of me and i'll tell you more thank you awesome thank you so much chris okay thanks for inviting me and we'll see you again